listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. We're glad to have you here with us as well as we talk sports from a faith-based point of view. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. The NFL trade deadline has come and gone. And despite all the rumors which made it seem like this might be a legendary year for trades, number of trades, things to read about, things that you and I could talk about on the show, really nothing much of anything happened. And I saw it was either your tweet or your brother's tweet about killing your cell phone battery, refreshing your news feed, <laughs> yeah. hoping to see something uh, of some substance, all for naught. Now, I suppose some of it's because a few of the bigger names had already been dealt, whether it be earlier in the season or mm-hmm. earlier in the week leading up to the trade deadline. But now, that, that deadline itself, that 4 p.m., 3 p.m., whatever it was, was just, man, it was flat out boring. The yeah. 49ers had already picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. The Patriots had gotten uh, Muhammad Sanu. The Rams had already gotten Jalen Ramsey. We're, lo- we're all waiting here in Western New York for the Bills to do something. And yeah. uh, they're rumored to be in the market for a player. Maybe that can make, give them a strong second half and help them towards playoff push. But they decided to stand pat. My Giants made a trade, though I don't completely understand it. They made a trade with the New York Jets across town for defensive tackle Leonard Williams. And here's what I don't get. Now, I, I understand he didn't live up to expectations with the Jets, but here's the Giants. They're sitting at 2-6. and six. They're, they're not going to the playoffs in, in yeah. all likelihood. You're trading for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and there wasn't any announcement to this, but you would think that the Giants would have negotiated some sort of contract extension, mm-hmm. but yet nothing. So why in the world are you trading potentially a third and fourth round draft pick for a guy who's going to be a free agent, a rental player for a non-playoff team? Yeah, and it's at a position on the defensive line where they seem to be reasonably well-equipped already. So there was some speculation that, well, maybe this is the precursor to another trade where they add a defensive lineman so they can trade one out or something. But then there was no follow-up. So, yeah, it was it was just a microcosm sort of of the deadline in general, there were a few deals made. Half of them were head scratchers, but not as much of a head scratcher as the deals that weren't made. Yeah, and you mentioned that the Giants had some rumored players in Janoris Jenkins, Nate Solder, Alec Ogletree, guys that you would think that they were, were going to move. The trade deadline came and went. They didn't move them. So now here you have this awkward situation with guys who, and I know it's business, I, I know they're professional, but they know they're not wanted. You know, so so they got to finish out the season with guys that know you're active. You were actively trying to trade him and just couldn't get what you wanted for him, which is what the Jets yes. are really dealing with. After they discussed deals for safety, Jamal Adams, all kinds of rumors that Adams would be moved, namely to the Dallas Cowboys, who reportedly offered a 2020 first round pick. Adams is apparently miffed. His name came up in trade discussions, said that, uh, First-year general manager Joe Douglas went behind my back and shot me around to teams even after I asked him to keep me here. Crazy business. Now, Douglas confirmed he fielded offers but says, 
I, I didn't initiate any of those conversations. And I, and I suppose that may be, but the Jets were, were pretty engaged with mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys, so much so that they discussed possible scenarios, and the Jets even made a counteroffer. Now, Douglas said it's his policy to listen to all offers, which just makes good sense. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's always possible that you're going to hear something that, man, maybe a team is willing to give up more than you ever imagined, so it wasn't your intention to trade a player. The offer so good it'd be irresponsible to turn it down. Adam said in another tweet that any reports of me asking to be traded from the New York Jets are completely false. He said that he had met with Douglas and head coach Adam Gase to tell them that he wanted to stay in New York City. But then his agent told him that Douglas was shopping him around the league. Douglas, however, maintains that he wasn't shopping him. The Jets didn't call anyone. But frankly, in my opinion, Adams has no right to be upset here. Because as you may recall, a few weeks ago, didn't he delete the Jets from his social media bio? Whether intentional or not, and and it's hard to imagine that it wasn't intentional, but I guess maybe. But you know that's going to get rumors flying. Combine that with the reports that Adams has told friends that he'd like to play for the Cowboys. What do you think is going to happen? You don't have any right to be upset here. Yeah, he seems like a guy who was pretty sure he was going to get traded to the Cowboys, and then it didn't happen, and now he's trying to patch things up with Jets fans. Hey, I wanted to be here. I'm upset that they were talking about trading me. But, I mean, reading between the lines, it really looks like he thought he was on his way out. And the Jets will probably make it a priority, I would think, to meet with Adams, get this whole thing figured out. It's it, This is one of those things that if you don't take care of this, it's got the potential to blow up into something big. Yeah, and the thing with the Jets is it's not just Jamal Adams. Robbie Anderson was floated out there. Le'Veon Bell was floated out there. This is after we already know Adam Gase has already said he didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell. So, I mean, that whole locker room right now is a bunch of guys that got floated in trades and thought they were going to be out of there, and now they're stuck there. So that's going to be interesting to watch as well. It takes integrity in these types of situations, and that could mean having enough integrity to meet with the player face-to-face, hold an honest and open discussion about what happened, alleviate any misunderstandings or hurt feelings, but it could also mean making a phone call and letting that player know that a team such as the Cowboys or anybody else has called and explained that you're going to have a negotiation, you're going to have a conversation but you have no intention or desire to trade the player, but you have an obligation to at least hear what they have to say. Now, I'm not familiar if that opportunity presented itself to let Adams know that the Jets were engaging the Cowboys. For all I know, it was just one phone call, but they could have reached out right after that call so that maybe he didn't hear it from his agent or through the media. And perhaps the Jets don't normally owe that or any team doesn't normally owe that courtesy to a player, but in light of the meeting that they had just had where he said he'd like to stay and they said they have no intention of trading him, then you kind of got to call. You got to call and say, hey, man, just so you know, we had a conversation. We're not looking to deal you. But if they offered all kinds of stuff back, multiple first-round draft picks, I, I don't know what somebody but if the offer was too good, you have to explain to that player that I have to listen. How easy would it have been when they had their big face-to-face meeting that he's talked about where he said, look, I don't want to be traded, if you're the GM to just say, look, we're not actively trying to trade you, but if somebody blows our doors off, I'll listen to it. You know, how easy would that have been even? It's integrity. And you and I, we may not be general managers of football teams, but you and I are in situations all the time which call for good character. As a Christ follower, 
your testimony is directly dependent on your integrity. Integrity means having sound and godly principles. It means having enough wisdom to not do anything that dishonors God and the values you claim. Integrity is seen as the truth, if you will, in your actions. The key moments that test your integrity is what you do when facing difficult situations and decisions. It's speaking and acting honestly. And God demands us to be honest, and that believers walk uprightly and act righteously. Second Corinthians 4 verse 2 says this, But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The Apostle Paul, he did his best to have a clear conscience. Acts 24 verse 16 says, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Such integrity, of course, could cost you. That's what makes integrity what it is. Doing the right thing in spite of what it may cost. The prophet Jeremiah faced such a thing. If he spoke the wrong thing before the rulers, he risked being put to death. Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 15 says, Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that you have heard. Now, therefore, amend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will change his mind about the misfortune which he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I'm in your hands. Do with me as is good and right in your sight. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says, A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. Maybe maybe you have that father or grandfather that so many people look up to. Integrity leaves a legacy for our children to follow. Let's be those people. Let's make it a point to be those people who live a life of integrity. But even if you have great integrity, we still don't measure up to God's standards. God wants us to be holy because he is holy. First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16 say, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Because of sin in our life, holiness is unobtainable by ourselves. But it is something which Jesus Christ makes possible, and he offers it to you freely. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says, If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Do you have Christ in you? If you've never placed your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins, he calls to you, and there is no better time than right now. John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus Christ shed his blood. He laid down his life to pay the penalty of your sins and mine, so that when God looks at you, he sees the holiness of Christ transferred onto you. His death, as well as his burial and resurrection, it makes it possible for us to be forgiven of sin and go to heaven if we accept that free gift which he offers. 
The free gift of eternal life in heaven is yours to accept, or if you choose to decline, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, spend eternity in heaven, then admit to God that you're a sinner and ask him to forgive you. Now, if you choose to reject his offer, you don't have to do a thing. But understand this, there will come a time when that bill for sin will come due, and there's nothing you can do to pay it yourself. There's only one place you can spend eternity, if not in heaven with God, and I hope that's not the, I hope that's not the choice you'll make. Jesus died to pay that bill for you. The Bible promises that if we confess our sins, God will forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pray to God. Pray to God and admit your sin and guilt. Tell him that you believe he died on the cross for you, that he was buried and rose again, and ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you, repenting from sin. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That choice is yours. Man, I hope you'll choose God. I hope you'll choose to get right with him and seek forgiveness of sins. If we can help in any way, please reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. We'll be back in just a bit. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Oh, soul, are you and no light in the darkness you see. Time now to look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Thursday, October 31st. The Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. For the sixth time in as many years, the Roberts Wesleyan women's cross-country team claimed the East Coast Conference title last Saturday morning and find themselves at the top of the national D2 East Regional Polls. Seven of the top ten spots were claimed by Red Hawks with the pace being set by Brittany Shumway. Same story for the men as they too won their sixth straight ECC title with seven of the top ten place finishers, Christopher Sims setting the pace for the men. The teams now prepare for the NCAA D2 East Regional Championships in Philadelphia on November 9th. While the women's soccer team played Damon College to a 0-0 double overtime tie last Saturday, the men's team defeated Damon 5-1 to move into first place in the ECC and clinch a spot in the conference postseason for the first time in program history. Sophomore forward Dylan Ruiz recorded his second hat trick of the season and has been named the ECC's Offensive Player of the Week for the second time this season. On Wednesday, the Red Hawks defeated Chestnut Hill College 5-1 at home behind two goals each from Ruiz and senior Terrell Spencer. The Roberts Wesleyan women's volleyball team were hoping to upset the number one team in the ECC, but it wasn't to be as they fell to Malloy College last Saturday 3-0. Coming up on Wednesday, November 6th, the women's soccer team welcomes in Salem University for a 5 p.m. home match. Then on Saturday the 9th, the women's volleyball team will take on the University of Bridgeport at noon at the Voller Athletic Center. And it'll be kickoff weekend for the Red Hawks basketball teams next weekend. And while the men are on the road, the women will be home for two dates next Friday and Saturday. First on Friday night, they will host Franklin Pierce University at 8 p.m. And then on Saturday the 9th, it will be Stonehill College tip-off is scheduled for 5.30. Go on out and enjoy the first-class athletic facilities at Roberts Wesleyan College and support the Red Hawks. 
They are, after all, the only Division II college athletics program in Rochester. And you can stay up to date with all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics action at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll find news, scores, highlights, and more. And, of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. It's sports talk from a faith-based point of view. The program is recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, and is heard all around the world via podcast. Among the many places downloading last week's show was Middletown, Ohio, not all that far from either Dayton or Cincinnati. Hall of Fame Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Chris Carter graduated from high school in Middletown, as did his older brother Butch Carter. Butch had played a number of years in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers, among others. A second-round pick of the Los Angeles Lakers, Butch Carter was. Speaking of the NBA, Jerry Lucas, seven-time All-Star, 1964 Rookie of the Year. He was born in Middletown, Ohio. Won a title in 1973 with the New York Knicks, which sadly is still the last title the Knicks have won. Chicago Cubs outfielder Kyle Schwarber, also born in Middletown, Ohio, as was professional golfer Frank Licklider. To those of you in... Middletown, Ohio, we thank you for tuning in, and wherever you may be listening from, really, we thank you for being with us as well. Here's Zach Barletta to give us this week's shenanigans statements. All right, number one, the Yankees' refusal to pay up for starting pitching is what lost them the ALCS. You know, I say shenanigans. Uh, Look, obviously, starting pitching will always help, but it wasn't starting pitching that kept them from getting to the World Series. They couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. More pitching would help, but so would their top pitcher all year long, not going complete jack wagon and getting mm-hmm. uh, committing domestic violence, getting suspended. Look, that was stupid. That hurt. You know, it just it was a combination. It was a team thing. It wasn't about starting pitching. Fact is, uh, the Astros were a better team. Yeah, I, you really it's like you had my notes. I went right down a list of bullet <laughs> points and stuff that I had because you know. Domingo Herman being suspended, he was, what, an 18-game winner this year? If you look at the Yankees and say they were one starting pitcher short in the playoffs, well, that one guy got himself suspended for domestic violence. That might have been your game changer. 
Number two, letting Bryce Harper leave in the offseason was the key to the Nationals World Series run. What do you think here? I'm going to say shenanigans. While it's been fun to see all the hashtag Bryceless tweets about uh, about the series and the Nationals winning the World Series without him, look, he's a really good player, and very rarely do you make a team better by subtracting a really good player. Plus, they replaced him with some darn good outfielders, Juan Soto and Victor Robles and Adam Eaton. They had healthy finally, but also the money they would have spent on him, they spent on Patrick Corbin, who ended up pitching three really important innings in Game 7. I would argue it's more the addition of Patrick Corbin than the subtraction of Bryce Harper. I agree in some ways. I, like you say, I suspect letting Harper walk gave them the ability to sign Patrick Corbin and Anibal Sanchez. Additionally, you have to wonder if some of the players, you know, they just put too much on Harper. They kind of waited for him. I don't know if that's true. You just, I sort of get the sense. And without him there to lean on, they had to step up themselves. I tend to think it did in some ways. Yeah, and if you think about it, look, Anthony Rendon needs a new contract. And, you know, they they spent a lot of the Bryce Harper money on Patrick Corbin, but they're going to have a chunk of it left. And if that allows them to also bring back Anthony Rendon, that's a big win for the Nationals. No, I agree. Speaking of the Nationals, there was an uproar across baseball on Tuesday night when Washington's Trey Turner was called out on was called out on interference at first base just before Anthony Rendon homered. So truth or shenanigans, that interference call was correct. I agree it was correct by the letter of the law, but it's a stupid rule. Yeah. As it's written, the rule disadvantages a runner by not allowing them to run a straight line to first base. It's stupid. Turner ran to first. Uh, The ball was thrown into his pet. It's just, how is that his fault? I'm actually going to say shenanigans. I agree with you. The rule is stupid. My interpretation of it, and I've watched it a bunch of times over the last few days in preparation for this, is first of all, Turner gets to the bag before the ball does. So I would argue an accurate throw to first, he would have still been safe. If you look at Yuli Gurriel playing first base, for some reason he has the wrong foot on the bag. Mm -hmm. And he's facing towards the runner where he should be facing away, and the bad throw pulls him into the runner in a way that he wouldn't have if he was on the bag properly. My argument is it was a bad play by the Na- or by the Astros, and the Nationals got penalized for it. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills will regret not making any deals at the trade deadline. What do you think? Boy, I want to say no, but it really feels like a big missed opportunity. Mm. You know, I mean, they're 5-2 and two right now. They are um, heading into uh, another soft spot in the schedule. But at the same time, like, this feels like a year where, okay, you're 5-2, and two, you're, the AFC is really soft. This is a time to go all in and add that last piece that you need. And we just saw them get run up and down on by the Eagles. They're going to face the Cowboys in a few weeks. They're going to face some teams that can run on them. This seemed like the time to go out and acquire a run stuffer, and they just didn't do it. So as much as I want to say that they won't, I kind of feel like they are going to regret this. Yeah, I, again, I agree with you. I agree with the statement. I I still like very much their chances of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I do. However, maybe with a few additions, they could have been on a bit of a postseason run. Mm-hmm. And they may still, but they don't have the look to me of a deep playoff team. Mm-hmm. And the Bills would benefit by a strong second half and a playoff win or two. Even if it didn't lead to the Super Bowl this year, I think it would help them to learn from it, to learn from a, a run, to build some confidence going into next season. This is a good team. It's a team that needs to learn how to win and expect to win. Yeah, I agree. I think what they're probably 
hoping for is that the offense improves and that by extension improves the defense. But uh, I guess time will tell. When we come back, something encouraging. It's our You Like That segment. Stick with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the program. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. And you know that we like to end each show with something that we found encouraging from the world of sports. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline on the way to winning the franchise's first world championship. Washington Nationals third baseman Anthony Rendon had hidden several home runs in this series. He had a terrific series, but my favorite was the two run home run that he crushed in game six in the seventh inning to extend the Nationals' lead to 5-2. to two. If you were following the series, and you know, a series which, by the way, the road team won every game, imagine that, you know that the homer came after a delay caused when teammate Trey Turner was called out on a controversial play two batters earlier for interference. Now, you got to imagine that teammates were still reeling from the call. They're at a spot now in the game where perhaps the Nationals could have easily broken uh, the pressure. They're on the road. Just It's just a tough spot. But Rendon changed the narrative of the game and made the controversy nothing more than an insignificant side note. But what I like about Rendon is, and I'm going to go back to comments that the Houston native made in an interview last year with Houston-based pastor Greg Matt. I want to be known as a Christian baseball player, he said, and I'm still trying to grow into that. But in the end, I want to be more Christian than baseball player. Seeing one of baseball's good guys, Anthony Rendon, coming through in a clutch situation is what I like this week. What I like this week is something that we don't really talk about on this show very much, if at all. A couple weeks ago, there was almost a school shooting. And I say almost Mm. because it was stopped by former Oregon wide receiver Keenan Lowe. Lowe approached the kid who was armed with a gun and told him that Lowe cares about him and that people cared about him. There's security video of the incident, and it ends with Lowe hugging the kid as another man takes the gun away. It's a powerful video. Uh, It's very impactful. I watched it a few times, and it really impacted me. I thought, who knows how many lives were saved? So Keenan Lowe stopping a school shooting in the best possible way is what I like this week. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for being with us. And please remember that this radio program is only on the air thanks to the generous support of our listeners. It's because of both your prayers and financial gifts which make the Beyond the Game program possible. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry, and if you feel led to give it a financial gift of any amount, whether it be recurring or a one-time gift, 
please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.